because what it does is that he picks you up to stand in the gap for him that's why over here we don't pray for people to die the reason why we don't pray for people to die is that that will contradict our calling we are called to save people no matter how bad they are that's why you can always hear me say that nobody's bad beyond repairs so if i now start praying that somebody should die i have run away from my responsibility because the kind of people that i want them dead are the kind of people that god want me to save so all that god is looking for is that he wants somebody who can stand in the gap and the whole gap theory started when god brought jesus god has always been looking for opportunity to get us safe god started shouting and calling on who will go from the very day adam ate of that fruit till the day jesus came god was preaching just one sermon who will go for us jesus said i'm going to go so he stood in the gap and i'm going to tell you the law of the gap the law of the gap is that if you must stand in the gap then you must neither be me or them you must be a separate person so god wants somebody who has been able to come out now if you compromise with what else are compromising a prostitute cannot intercede for prostitutes that's what i'm trying to say a thief cannot intercede for thieves that's what i'm trying to say small cars cannot intercede for small cars fornicators cannot intercede for fornicators it takes somebody who has been delivered from the slavery of the devil to stand in the gap and says i'm neither god nor the people that have been saved by God those are the kind of people that can deliver others who have been enslaved by the devil so God says I keep searching in all generation who can stand in the gap who will move out from the crowd let me talk a little bit about the crowd the crowd is what everybody's doing the crowd is the life everybody's living the crowd the crowd is what is raining the crowd is what is trending that's the crowd the crowd is the life everybody's living the crowd is what is on session what everybody's doing if you don't do it everybody feel that you don't belong to the class that's the crowd the crowd the crowd is what everybody's doing everybody's enjoying what is like the order of the day that's the crowd god wants to deliver the crowd but he cannot deliver the crowd with the crowd he has some people to leave the crowd until you move out from the crowd i said god everybody will be a fornicator but i'm moving out Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 13 and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge 
to stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found no one this is God talking in the book of Ezekiel I sought for a man before this prior to this time there were so many things that happened the people committed so much iniquity killed strangers a lot of iniquity happened and when all of that happened God started talking this God reporting through Ezekiel he says and I sought for a man among them that should make up the age age is somebody to build a fence and stand in the gap somebody to stand in the gap before me and the land that I should not destroy it but I found no one I've been preaching on what I call the gap law the gap law amazing we are on the call of God series and it is important for us to understand what kind of people do God call what kind of people does God call? Our church is about four years old and we already have very many pastors in hundreds already. And somebody was telling us how many pastors we have and I was telling him on how many pastors we still want. So now when I started thinking about what kind of people God choose, because my concern in that question was that I didn't see myself as one of the persons God should choose to be a pastor. I didn't see myself as one of the persons that God should choose to be a pastor today. I did not see myself as one of the persons. Like I actually had many people I suggested to God that were more better than me. And when God started suggesting this pastor something, when it came newly, I was like, I told God, God, don't worry. Let me suggest guys that can do this job better than myself. And I started explaining to him. You see that our chapel prefect, he can do it more than me. So I started showing him people. I started showing him my youth president. You know our youth president, Lord? He can do it better than me. I was telling him people that were more these things. And God started talking to me on what kind of vessel he uses. It is very important, the Bible says in the great house that there are very many vessels. He said much of the vessels are for honor. So many of the vessels also bring dishonor. And this is what makes him use the vessel that he wanted to use. Because he had told us that some vessels are vessels of gold. Some vessels are vessels of silver. Some are of bronze. Some are of earth. Some of wood. But what makes him to use the vessel he uses is the purging. He says, if you purge yourself, I will make you a vessel of honor. <laughs> so that made us not to judge vessels on whether it is gold or silver or wood or plastic. But to judge the vessel on if the vessel is a vessel of honor or is a vessel of dishonor because in a great house he will need a vessel that is a vessel of wood he will need furnitures made from wood he will need gold we can have a gold door if we have gold if this door must be gold then maybe 
it has to be gold color. But it shouldn't be gold altogether. You understand? That material, there's something called material selection in the people that are studying uh, mechanical engineering. There's something called material selection. I cannot use cotton to design a door or design a wall for a house. That material is not suitable for it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now, there are materials that are not suitable. So, because of that, in a great house, there's need that there are very many kinds of vessels. But now, God's concern in all these vessels is that you must be a vessel of honor. And what makes you a vessel of honor is that you porch yourself. Tell somebody, porch yourself. So now, the kind of vessel that God is looking for is a vessel that is porched. Let me mention what happened to me when I was in J's one. I was staying with my auntie and I woke up one day, wanted to drink water, remove one of the cups. I removed one of the cups and I wanted to drink water and uh, I didn't know that the cup was not clean. And I picked water, drank. I felt some things in my mouth and I went and threw it off and went and looked for lights. Checked the cup. What was inside? Hey, and tried to vomit. Another situation I had that was similar to that was when I was a little child. There were times that my parents warned us when the visitor finished drinking mineral, don't go and carry the container and turn. Do you understand? Have they told you that before? Whenever a visitor finished drinking, don't go and be using drinking. Don't, don't go and do that. Before they gave me this advice, I had an experience that made me stop it. Before they even gave the advice, they didn't know I had stopped. Because when the visitor left, and I went and looked at the, this thing that they were using, I didn't know I carried one old, one old container. The visitor didn't drink that one that day. Hey, how many people were as stubborn as myself? And when I drank, Jesus, Nobody will want to use vessels that are not pushed. One day I bought a, I bought Coke. You may not have this experience before, so listen to it. This experience may be one in a lifetime. I bought Coke. I opened Coke. And I saw Gala container. Gala waterproof inside a Coke. Real Coke. I was the one who opened it. And I saw it. Have you seen something like that in a Coke before? You've seen something like that before? In a Coke. What did you see? Some leaves. Did that make you stop drinking that? It should have made you at least. It was Fanta. I saw gala, full gala stuff folded inside the Coke. I was like, what? You know, these things are not washed by human beings. They're just washed by machines. Machines is working on presumption. We just psh, psh, turn. Whether they don't come out, whether they don't come out, they don't push. Just like that. So what God does is that, what God does in us is that God picks us from bad, bad states and purchases us. And when he finishes washing us and purchases us, he uses us. That's what God does in our life. So if I am to ask God, what kind of material, what kind of person, what quality of people do you use? The answer will always be, I use pushed people. I use people, not people that have not been bad before, but people that after they have gone through all they have gone through, or they have been through what they have been through in life, 
they realize me. I mean people that realize me and know that what they did was bad and come to me for purging. I'm telling you that people that are used by God are not people that have not been naughty before. They are people that haven't gone through all that. They heard the word of God and they choose to allow God to purge them. They choose to allow God to cleanse them, to wash them, to make them clean, to deliver them from what they've gone through and what they've been through to purify them, to deliver them. Those are the kind of people that God uses. So when God is saying that if anyone purchases himself, he will make the person a vessel of honor. It is very true. God can use any of us here if you are determined to purchase yourself. Tell somebody, purchase yourself. Come on, talk to somebody. Tell somebody, purchase yourself. What does it mean for someone to purchase himself? Purging of self is allowing God to wash you and allowing God to take away some things from you that should not be there. That is, you were a smoker and you have a contact with God. You meet God. How do we meet God? We meet God through messages like this. Like I'm preaching now, you're meeting with God. So you meet God and after you've met God, you say, I want him to walk on me and allow God to walk on you and take away those things that are in you that he doesn't like. When he finished removing those things in you, the next thing is for him to use you. You cannot be saved and not called. So what I mean is that God cannot purge you and not use you. If God finished removing what was inside the container, wash it and make it clean, what else? It's to use you. So that using, that using is what we call the call of God. So I, I don't know how you can be washed and not worn. I don't know how my dry cleaner will finish washing all my clothes and it's not worn. No. If he washes it, I have to look for a way and wear it. So, the call of God is very, very important. The call of God is very, very important. And I want to narrow all of that. Narrow all of the criteria of God using anybody to purging of self. When I had an encounter with God, I just wanted to be holy. I just wanted to be a child of God. I just wanted God to enjoy me that he has created somebody. I didn't want to be a child of God who was still living in sin or was struggling in sin. So I just wanted to be used by God. I just wanted him to just use me. And by the time I just poached myself, he started talking to me. One morning, I woke up in the morning, early in the morning, very early, around 3 a.m. I was reading a book and that book was telling me about how God speaks to people. So I was also desiring on how to hear from God. So when I was desiring on how to hear from God, I started having the experiences based on what I was reading from the book. On how God calls people, how God talks to people, and so on and so on. So when I was reading that book, and God started talking to me. So one day, I, I could stay and feel that God wants to talk to me. I could feel, when I just knew that God wants to talk to me, I would bring my book and sit down and say, Lord, I know you want to talk. I'm ready to write. And he was talking to me that very morning around 3 a.m. He called me and he woke me up. I couldn't sleep again. And he started talking to me. And I started writing. As, as I started writing, it becomes deeper and deeper. But one of the greatest things that he said to me, which I will not forget, was that God started talking to me. He told me, I don't have a friend. I don't have a friend. I told him, ah, don't tell me you don't have a friend. You have friends. When I'm traveling, I see big billboards. Very, very big pastors. Some are doing like this. Some are standing like this. Some are standing with their wives on billboards. Some are doing like this. Some have two, two collar. Some have three. Some have suits. You have people everywhere. And God said to me, most of those people are doing their business. 
they are doing their very business. I want a friend who will speak my mind. He started talking and talking and talking and talking. He started saying to me, most of those people are doing, they are business people. They are doing that for money and so on. When he started talking deeper and deeper, I started crying. And it is now that I understand that that call, that call I had was not specific. It wasn't that I was so special to have heard it. It was just that I have touched myself to hear it. There is how you clean yourself, touch yourself, send things out of your life, and you start being you start being ready to hear God's voice. God starts talking to you. He starts speaking to you. He starts communicating to you his mind. I always desire to know what is God's mind. How do I fulfill his joy? Because when you read the Bible, and the Bible says, fulfill ye my joy. I always try to say, how can I fulfill God's joy? How can I just make God happy? I want God to just sit in heaven and just smile. And angels will say, what are you smiling? He said, my son is making me smile. I just, that's all I wanted to just do. And he started telling me about his mind, his thoughts. How many people die each day and go to hell? He started telling me how people die each day. And, and for every 1,000 people, how it is just like one person who goes to heaven, like for every 1,000 people that dies. It was then that I now understood that the job is not a title, that pastoring is not a title. It's a responsibility. God is calling you into a farm. He's calling you into, it shouldn't be something that we are talking about, how much will you pay me? If, if I be a pastor. No, no, no. It should be. It's, it's a rescue mission. It's just like what happened in Ukraine. A fight was happening in Ukraine. A Russia, a more heavy and more sophisticated country came to fight their country. And people have to join the army to fight. Now they are joining the army to fight. Not for any money. But to rescue a kingdom that is about to be swallowed by the devil. That's how the call of God is. The call of God is rescuing the people of God that Jesus died for who are heading to doom. And so God calls that standing in the gap. So when God calls us, oh, I feel like preaching. When God calls, what he does is that he picks you up to stand in the gap for him. That's why over here we don't pray for people to die. The reason why we don't pray for people to die is that that will contradict our calling. We are called to save people no matter how bad they are. That's why you can always hear me say that nobody's bad beyond repairs. So if I now start praying that somebody should die, I have run away from my responsibility because the kind of people that I want them dead are the kind of people that God want me to save. So I have seen somebody come to me before and said, I'm a witch. I want you to pray for me. Let me be saved. And I lay hands and I say, in the name of Jesus, receive salvation. The same way fornicator. God sees sin like sin. You understand? It is you that is rating one. Other master's degree sin, uh, first degree sin, so sin. No, no, no. There are sins, there are iniquity and there are other things. There are sins that are much better. I want you to understand that how God treats sin is that he uses the blood. There is no other sin that God cannot say, oh, this one, the blood cannot deal with. Let me use my saliva or something else. There's no sin that God does not use the blood to erase. He uses the blood. If somebody can accept Jesus, who used to lie, and the blood of Jesus is made available for the person, then somebody also who kills 
can also accept Jesus. And the same blood of Jesus will use sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you now rate one sin bigger than the blood, then you have a problem. So now, this is what God does. Standing in the gap. The gap is that this is where God is. For an example, God is over here at the pulpit. Maybe we are over here. And God wants to deliver people over here. And they are too far away. Can I have anybody here? You come. Stand here. And God wants to deliver people over here. And the people over here are very far away. There are very many people that cannot hear the voice of God. The reason is that their iniquity blocks them. Isaiah chapter 6. Now God wants somebody who stands in the gap. Who can be able to stretch for their hands. And deliver somebody over there. And pull them for God over here. Yeah. So that's what God keeps doing. Not that God cannot save, but he wants an instrument he can always use. Whether the instrument is wearing polo to preach, is not God's problem. Whether he has collar, it's not a problem to God. Whether he wears alpaca, it's not a problem to God. Whether he calls himself mister as he's preaching, it's not a problem to God. Whether he calls himself bishop, bishop, it's not a problem. Whether he calls himself an evangelist, it's not a problem. The main thing God is looking for is for the job to be done. Not for the titles. So one of the things that the devil does to us is that he makes us own the title and not do the duty. So all that God is looking for is that he wants somebody who can stand in the gap. And the whole gap theory started by when God brought Jesus. God has always been looking for opportunity to get us saved. In Revelation, John saw how God was crying, who will go for us? Who will deliver mankind? Who will open the seal? Who will read the book? And the Bible said, the heavens were silent. Nobody knows how long the heaven has been quiet. God started shouting and calling on who will go from the very day Adam ate of that fruit. From the day Adam ate of that fruit, God started calling who will go for us till the day Jesus came. God was preaching just one sermon. Who will go for us? Jesus said, I'm going to go. So he stood in the gap. And I'm going to tell you the law of the gap. The law of the gap is that if you must stand in the gap, then you must neither be me or them. You must be a separate person. Though you are a separate person, but you must have part of me and part of them. But you must not be them or me. Are you getting the law now? Do you understand? Okay, so what I'm saying is that if you must save, if you must fry chicken, you must not use chicken to fry chicken. Do you understand what I'm saying? You must use something else to fry chicken. Do you get what I'm saying? What happened was that for God to be able to save mankind, he had to become man. Jesus now became not God anymore, but now God that has become man in order to save man. And though he is man, 
he must not also be like men to save man. But he must have parts of men so that he can save men. So what I'm saying is that he must not be 100% man to save man. And he must not be 100% God to save man because God already has his limitations. That's why he can't save. That's why he's looking for somebody who's standing in the gap. So now he must be 50-50. He must have part of God and part of man. But he must not compromise to that of the man to be able to, okay, what I'm saying is that, let me give you this illustration for you to be able to understand. When God wants you to stand in the gap for your family, you must be, he will pick somebody that is from that family. If he wants you to stand in gap for the family, he must pick somebody that is from the family who is not of the family. Do you understand what I'm saying? Please get the message and listen to it over and over again. What I mean is that the Bible said that we should not be of the war. So what it means is that when God picks you to save human beings, you must be delivered from what human beings are not delivered of for you to be able to save man. If you want, if two persons are fighting and you want to come and separate it, you must be able to not to be this person or not to be the other person to separate the fight. Because I've seen when somebody wants to separate the fight and he says, don't fight again, don't fight. And he's holding this person's hand. And he's holding this person's hand. The guy over there, he's still hitting the person. But the real separation is that you push this person away and push this person away or try to reconcile two of them. And you must be a neutral person to be able to do that. As you are now, God is about to use you, but what he wants to do, he cannot use you to deliver people that are in the war, except you become a neutral person. That's why God says, come out of among them and be ye separate. There must be something about them that you have been delivered from, so that when you are talking to God, you don't talk like a guilty person. You talk like somebody who is not affected by what is affecting them. So God wants somebody who has been able to come out. So now, if I come out from the wall, I'm still a human being. I still feel what they feel. I still feel the hunger Nigerians are feeling. I still feel the hardship Nigerians are feeling. But I don't compromise like the Nigerians. Those are the kind of people that are ripe for intercession. Now, if you compromise with what else are compromising, a prostitute cannot intercede for prostitutes. That's what I'm trying to say. A thief cannot intercede for thieves. That's what I'm trying to say. Smokers cannot intercede for smokers. Fornicators cannot intercede for fornicators. It takes somebody who has been delivered from the slavery of the devil to stand in the gap and says, I'm neither God nor the people. But I've been saved by God. Those are the kind of people that can deliver others who have been enslaved by the devil. So God says, I keep searching in all generations who can stand in the gap. Who will move out from the crowd? Let me talk a little bit about the crowd. The crowd is what everybody's doing. The crowd is the life everybody's living. The crowd. The crowd is what is reigning. The crowd is what is trending. That's the crowd. The crowd is the life everybody's living. The crowd. The crowd. The crowd is what is on session. What everybody's doing. If you don't do it, everybody feels that you don't belong to the class. That's the crowd. The crowd. The crowd is what everybody's doing. Everybody's enjoying. 
what is like the order of the day that's the crowd god wants people god wants to deliver the crowd but he cannot deliver the crowd with the crowd he has some people to leave the crowd until you move out from the crowd i said god everybody look at this for the picture but i'm moving out as you move out it's you that he will use to deliver the crowd every day god keeps folding his hands and see the world perish and he keeps quoting the scripture and I sought for a man who will stand in the gap. And I found no one. And I sought for a man who will stand in the gap. And I found no one. I received a text message this morning and I was so excited. One of our branch churches, the pastor sent me a text. Sent me a text how they moved into the streets and preached the gospel. And how they picked a popular prostitute from the very community and they took the woman to church and how the entire village were standing amazed and folding their hands seeing this prostitute who have not gone to church for 20 years moving to the church and how people were excited and the young lady ended the testament by saying thank you for saving me from the crowd i'm now using my message now thank you for saving me from the crowd to be able to save people from the crowd. God is always looking for somebody who he had delivered from lesbianism to use and deliver the lesbians. God is always looking for somebody, I don't know who I'm preaching to, who he had delivered from smoking to use and deliver the smokers. God is always looking for somebody who he had picked out of prostitution to use and deliver people who are languishing in prostitution. And he calls it the gap. No wonder when Jesus wanted to die. One of the best places that Jesus needed to come and die was a gold gutter. A gold gutter. And whenever I think about the gold gutter, what God keeps telling me is that, do you remember the story of uh, the rich man and Lazarus? Yes, if you remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus, remember that Abraham told the rich man that there's a gutter that demarcates two of them. That you can move from the other side down here to this other side. So if you go to hell, you've gone to hell. That's a gutter. So we can't even come here. No, one, no matter how sympathetic we are to come and help you in hell, we can't come here because that's a gutter. So when Jesus wanted to die, he moved straight to the gutter. And not the gutter from hell to heaven, but a gutter from the wall to heaven to stand at the gap. For anybody so god is not coming to save people who are already looking like saved people the salvation of god is beyond that in fact how authentic i know the blood of jesus is is that on how people he had saved who don't look like they deserve salvation let me say that again how authentic the blood of jesus is is on the quality of people he saved if god saves you that already look like you are already saved and he saved you I won't see the blood of Jesus as something that looks so, so authentic. But when he saves somebody who had smoked all the days of his life. I know a family that the father smokes, the mother smokes, and the child, the first child, when I knew the family was about 14 years old, the first child and the lady smokes too. The, all the two siblings, one, the last one was eight years. They all know how to smoke. And they are not smoking cigarettes, they smoke weed. 
So now imagine somebody smoking cigarette from eight years, smoking weed from eight years to 40 years. His face must have changed. His lungs must have been painted black. His teeth must have been something else. His eyes must have been red. His hands must have been become too tough. And he can't even stretch his hands well because it dries them every day. Everything about him must have become so, so stiff. And here is somebody who comes and he said, and he hears the preaching of the purging of Jesus. And said, Jesus, I want to be safe. Jesus says that the blood, his blood is powerful enough to save such a person. Not church boys alone. To save people who have been, yesterday I was listening to a man who said he was a Muslim. And he gave his life to Christ when he was in the secondary school. The blood of Jesus is so powerful to save a taste. I mean people that don't believe in the existence of God. All they need to do is that the first day they hear, if they can be able to believe and wrap their mind through it and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. The blood of Jesus has the power enough to save them. God says, I keep looking for who will stand in the gap. So if God wants to deliver a family, he will want somebody from the family who's not of the family. That is somebody who is not a sinner from the family who can say, God, deliver my family. It's not like them. It's not still enslaved with their sin. It's not a live in sin. The Bible says, if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Listen, if my people that are called by my name, imagine the whole land is about 2 million people and the people called by his name are just 200 people. And God says, if the 200 people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will heal 2 million people because of 200 people if God is always looking for somebody that can stand in the gap but the law of the gap is that you must pull out you must move out from the crowd you must move out you must say this is what everybody is doing but from today I choose to follow Jesus bow your heads everybody this is the other of the day this is what everyone is doing this is what everybody likes but I've decided to follow Jesus. This is what everybody loves. But I've decided to follow Jesus. This is the order of the day. This is the trending of the time. But I've decided. This is how my family people live. These are family juju. This is what we worship in our family. But I've chosen Jesus. No turning back. God said all through the world, I'm searching for people like that. I'm searching for people like that. Because I want them to stand at the gap. Because the gap is empty. The gap is empty. The gap is just like the midfield for footballers now. The, the gap is just like the midfield. God is looking for people who can be able to give Across, who can give reasonable pass for salvation to happen? Right passes who can put Paul at the right positions. God 
has always been there to get the person saved, but nobody's there preaching. And you are there saying, God, I don't have a call. I don't think I have a call. God hasn't called me. I don't think the call of God is upon me. I don't think I have a call of God. I don't think I'm a pastor. I don't. Who told you it's about the title? It's about the job. The job is suffering. God is looking for people that are willing, people that are dedicated, people that want to say, God, if the devil can use people to initiate 2,000 people in a year, here am I, send me. I want to stand in the gap. I want to be in the gap. I want to be in the gap. It takes somebody that's not God and it takes somebody that is not like the people. But it takes somebody that has God and was among the people. That's what God wants. It takes somebody who was there, who knows the pain of stealing. To tell God, God help me to deliver thieves. It takes somebody who was there, who knows the pain of lying and the calculation that goes on in a liar's head to be able to put up five more lies to cover the first lie. To say, God help me to preach to liars. It takes somebody who was there. Who was there. Who knows what it looks like to go into a room, use a servant masturbate for hours, come back to not feel the presence of God, to say, God, I need you to help me and save others because I know we are still many down there. God says, I'm searching for who is standing at the gap. Who is going to be at the gap? Do you think God saved you to sit on the church chair alone? He saved you to save someone else. For every 1,000 people that died, sometimes it's just one that goes to heaven. The other ones were seized by the devil. How come the devil's agents are more working than you? How come devil's agents work too hard than you? How come somebody is just a witch for two years and he has initiated over 60 people and you have been a child of God for 20 years and nobody is falling down for you?
yesterday I saw on the internet how somebody was standing in the market I'm saying this to challenge you how somebody was standing in the market and was standing with a megaphone this big megaphone that has a battery and uh, that is chargeable rechargeable and has a microphone he was standing in the market very large market and war war if you ask me who i'm going to vote for in the coming election i'll tell you i'll vote for peter or b that's the person i'm voting for i don't know who you are going to vote for so i'm not saying this to say that what the guy did was wrong but i'm saying this to say that we are not right either i saw somebody he wore the clothes of peter or b standing in the markets large markets and was announcing to the people let me call it preaching i was preaching to the people to vote for peter will be during 2023 election and i looked at it and god said to me have you seen how people have become so bold and my children have become so feeble have you seen how the people of the world are so bold to announce what they heard? <laughs> they heard something and they have so much confidence in what they heard and could go this man to announce it. He's not doing it for money. He's not doing it for payments. He's not doing it for anything. He's just doing it because he's convinced that that's going to work. And he said, what about the people I died for? How many of them are bold enough to carry a mic, go to the junction and preach about my love? That's why when you read Revelation 21, when you read Revelation 21 and go down to verse 8, what you find is that one of the people that will go to hell, the Bible calls them the coward. The coward are the people who know the truth but can't speak it out. Those are cowards. They know the truth but can't speak it out. If I know that Jesus is the Son of God and I know that He's coming back again and I just preach and tell people I've been counted among cowards. Been counted among cowards. So when I saw that yesterday, I said, What? I saw another video yesterday that somebody in the north was printing posts and posters just for the man, for his money, from his money. And I said, What are we doing, believers? Why do we want to be paid for everything we do for God? When did the devil seize our heart to this point that a little trekking you trek, you want to be paid? A little people you bring to church, you want to be rewarded. I don't know how many people are listening to me right now. God says, I want a middleman in my business. I want people who are at the gap, who will preach to people, who will make my voice to be heard somewhere, who will make people to hear my word. I want my voice to be heard. If I have for somebody who can stand at the gap, if I have somebody who can stand at the gap, I will not destroy the wall. I will save many people. That's what God is saying. I don't know how many people want to join the gap. How, how I wish we can be more in the gap. How I wish we can be more in the gap. Pulling people from hell. The book of Jude. Jude said, snatching people from hell. Snatching people from the fire. How I wish we can have much people who are snatching people from the fire. How I wish 
you can have more people snatching for Jesus snatching for Jesus who could touch Jesus and touch people how I wish we could have how I wish you are the one how I wish you could feel this pain in his hands feel this pain in his legs feel this pain in his side feel the pain of the crown of crown of crown on his head feel the pain of calling and nobody is responding how come you can feel the pain Everybody. Start talking to God wherever you are. Just start talking to God wherever you are. Lift up your hands. Start talking to God wherever you are. Just start talking to God. Lift your hands. As you're lifting up your hands, start talking to God. God is right there by your side. He's listening to your voice. Just keep speaking into the ears of God right now. Keep speaking into the ears of God right now. Keep speaking into God's ears right now. God is listening to you right now. God is listening to you right now. Keep speaking into the ears of God. Are you both shaking at a guy? I don't know what you're telling God, but keep talking to His ears right now. Some some prayer points could be God, punch me and use me. Some prayer point could be Lord, here am I, use me. Show me mercies. You have shown me mercies. 
to God, He's listening to you. Keep talking to Jesus. Lift your hands, everybody. Let's pray together. Lift your hands up. Lord, we worship you. Let your hands be lifted up, please. Let your hands be lifted up. Something is wrong with your boldness. Something is wrong with our boldness as a church. Our boldness is declining every day. Our boldness, number of people standing on the streets to preach is declining every day. Something is wrong with our boldness. The devil is inducing us with fear every day. The devil is making you to blend every day. There have been much blending these days. Try to be like the people of the world. We try to apologize for the war. Try to be like others. We try to cover up. We try to act like we are not too much. We don't put God too much on our head. But when we were fornicators and when we were lesbians, we used to put the lesbianism thing on our head. They used to find you chains with chain on your leg. You put it on your head. Everybody knew you were a prostitute, but now you are safe. You can't put it on your head. So I don't want to carry God's thing too much on my head. Whereas the people that killed Jesus, they said to the people, if we kill Jesus, let the blood be upon our head and our children's head. And the people who are saving God don't want to carry Jesus on their head and on their children's head. There's something wrong with our generation. Our boldness is declining by the day. We are becoming timid just to blame with others. God wants us to come out. If your hands are lifted up, I'm praying for you right now. God wants us to come out. God wants us to have more bold people who are preaching in their space. More bold people preaching on their space. More people preaching, sharing messages. We have thousands of messages from this church. God wants you to spread them, share it to people. God should use you to get people saved. Even when you don't answer the title, Pastor. It's a responsibility. Lift your hands up. Father, fill us with this burden. Fill us with the burden of standing in the gap. Fill us with this burden, Lord. Burden to preach. Burden to preach. Burden to tell people about you. Burden to transfer you from our hearts to people's hearts. Burden to transfer you from our mouth to their soul. Lift your hand. If we don't do this, then we are not able to give you the glory. We are not able to show gratitude for what you saved us from. Lord, we pray that your glory is upon us right now. As you're lifting up your hands right now, the glory of God is upon you. The glory of the Lord is upon you right now. Keep lifting up your hands. Keep waving it to Jesus. The glory of the Lord is upon you. The glory of the... Just keep waving your hands to Jesus. The glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. Just keep saying the glory of the Lord. 
the glory of the Lord. So much of his glory. So much of his glory. So much of his glory. As you're waving your hands, you're bubbling in tongue. So much of his glory is coming upon you. So much of his glory. Wonderful glory of God. Wonderful glory of God. Wonderful glory of God is coming upon you. Glorious glory. More than we can bear. More than we can think about. Glory. Glory that as we are talking to people, they are kneeling down crying to give their life to Christ. As we speak, tears is rolling from their eyes. So much glory that the light that shines through us illuminates their darkness. So much glory that occultists will knock on our door in early in the morning and say, how do I get saved? So much glory. So much glory that as we speak, before we end the preaching, they are ready, begging to be saved. So much of the glory that they will say, how do I get saved? So much of his glory. So much of his glory. So much of his glory. As you're waving your hands, so much of his glory is what you're possessing right now. So much of his glory. So much of his glory. You'll be commanding sinners to leave their sin. And you'll be commanding demons to leave sinners. So much of God's glory is coming upon you right now. Thank you, Lord, for purging us. Thank you, Lord, for cleansing us. Thank you, Lord, for sterilizing us. Thank you, Lord, for preparing us for the walk ahead of us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're here under the sound of my voice, or you are listening to us on any of our social media platforms, or you're listening to us from your phone, and you have not given your life to Christ, I want to give you a great moment right now to get safe. Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you. He's been looking for you. What you have to do for me is lift your hand above your head wherever you are. Don't call yourself a sinner. God is not calling you a sinner. God is calling you into righteousness. Just lift your hands above your head and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive. Don't say you are too sinful that you cannot be forgiven. Don't say it. That will be an insult on the blood of Jesus. Just lift your hand above your head. If you want to surrender your life to Christ, lift your hand above your head. He said, Lord, I've been falling and rising, falling and rising, but I'm coming to you, Jesus. Just lift your hand above your head. Jesus is a great, a great personality that you need in your life. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. Wash me of my unrighteousness. As I move from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Forgive me. Make me your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Do it better than that.